welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. voices to you. You are the way maker. You are the true God. No one can do the things that you do. This morning, Lord, we have come to learn at your feet. We've come to receive from you. We've come with open heart. Let newness happen to us. Let us be changed in your presence. Let us encounter grace afresh. We ask in the name of Jesus. Let our ears hear. Let our eyes see. And let our heart perceive. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Put your hands together. And have your seat in God's presence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's been an exciting month in November. The faithfulness of God is ever sure. We started the month by talking about um, the Sunday of the month by talking about the man God uses. That's living the supernatural naturally. Glory to God. I think we've done about two parts. The last two Sundays, we're not able to delve really deep into it. But I trust God that today we will do that. Hallelujah. I'll just do a quick recap of some of the things that we talked about. Um, that God, the first thing we said was that God is the architect of the world and that he is the controller general of all that exist meaning that God controls the world and he looks into the affairs of men and he's in charge of everything of everything and that his plan ultimately will come to pass irrespective of what is happening in the world you know um, people use the benefit of hindsight to determine um, what the plan of God is. Alright? They say things like, maybe God didn't want me to have it after all. After it has happened. But the Bible didn't teach us like that. It says, we should not be unwise. We should know what the will of God is. Okay? So, um, people say things like, because somebody won the election and the other person did not win. Maybe that's how God wants it to happen. Truth of the matter is, irrespective of who wins or who loses, there is a plan of God. And that plan of God will come to pass. Okay? So, we are not after um, who is losing or who is winning. 
we're not after what is happening but we're after the will of God all right so God is the architect he's the one that controls everything he's the one that puts everything together glory to God the first thing we talked about is the anointing of responsibility how that when God God anoints us he anoints us to have responsibility to take up responsibility wherever we find ourselves glory to God then the second thing we talked about um what is that the anointing to profit the anointing to profit that when the hand of God comes upon you God expects you to make profit okay the bible t- said in exodus 31 that God anointed Bezaleel the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah and filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship and to do certain things, to design artistic work, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze and all sorts of things. So the anointing of God comes on you on the skill that you're doing and then it enables you to profit. It enables you to make profit. So we're looking at all these people, the way God uses people and how that um, God is the one walking. So someone says, um, I don't need God. After all, um, I earn a salary. I don't need God. After all, I have a credit card. I can get what I want. That's not the essence of it. All we're saying is that whether you earn a salary or you have a credit card that allows you to buy anything you want, God is still the one that enabled you to do that. That enabled that system to function. So, he's still the architect there. He's still the controller general there. So, we shouldn't in any way discredit God out of anything because of how we get that thing. That I don't pray for something and something comes to me does not mean that God is not involved. Alright? Hear that again. That I don't pray for something And then I get that thing or I have access to it or I enjoy that thing doesn't mean that God is not involved. How many of you have woken up and then you prayed and said, God, today, please give me oxygen, all the oxygen I need for today. If you've ever done that. No, you don't pray for it. All right. Even the the baddest of the baddest person in the world doesn't pray for it. But it comes. So I have the luxury of oxygen doesn't mean that there is not a system that is supplying that oxygen. Are you getting me? I have the luxury of the sun. I have the luxury of the rain. I have the luxury of the moon and the stars. I have the luxury of the atmosphere, the beautiful scenery. I have the luxury of all those things without praying for it. It doesn't take away the fact that there's someone who is controlling these things. And there's a force, there's a power, there's a system in place that God has designed for all these things to work. Glory to God. So it doesn't take away all those things. We're, we're, we're there by it. Hallelujah. Today, I want to I dwell on something. I've mentioned here before that the best of a man is a man. 
best of a man is a man. John chapter 1. From verse 6. The Bible says that there was a man sent from God. Whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. That all might believe through him. He was not the light. But came to bear witness about the light. The interesting thing for me here is. You know when scripture mentions particular things. It said. There's a reason for it. Why did, why did the writer start that verse by saying. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And had to stress that this person was sent from God. The best of any man is a man. The man that God will use is still a man. Have you not wondered why Jesus had to come in the likeness of sinful man. Hasn't it occurred to you one day to think, okay, he's God all by himself. He had to come in the likeness of sinful man. Why? Because for it to be justified, he had to take on the nature that we have. He had to take on that nature for it to be justified, for his death to be justified, for it to be fair. He had to take on that nature. So the Bible tells us here, there was a man sent from God. It means, this is what it means. This, the very thing that makes you up, the very thing that defines you, the very thing that um, separates you, that defines you completely from head to toe, who you are, is who you are. When God decides to move and to walk, he will not separate who you are from what he wants to do. He will take who you are and walk with who you are. So there was a man, this man is John. God decided to do something. He didn't look for anybody else, but he looked for that man, John. Now John may be full of all kinds of things, but that's not what God wants to do. What he wants to do, he needs a man. So there's this man sent from God. What people fail to do most of the time is that they fail to realize that because this person is a man and God is trying to use him, so when God is using him to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, what they do is that they separate the man and now make the man the God. Follow me carefully. They separate the man and now make the man the God. So what happens is that they no longer look at the God that is doing what he's doing. They now look at the man. Forgetting that this is the man that God is using. So they forget the using part and look at this man and this man becomes a God. But the reason 
this man is so that he can use him to do what he wants to do. So when scripture says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now put yourself there. There was a man wisdom sent from God. Because I know who I am and I know who wisdom is. And that's what happened to Jesus. Follow me church. That's what happened to him. And he got to that place and they said to him is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the carpenter's son? So because you know a man whose name was John and you know his father's house, his mother's house, you know when he started going to school and everything, but you're forgetting that this man was sent by God and now you discredit the man because you know him. Forgetting the purpose that God has sent that man. So Jesus got there and then they said to him, is this not the carpenter's son? We know him now. Uh -uh. JJ, uh -uh. is this not you? When did you start preaching everywhere? Uh -uh. J-boy, come, 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 come. And so someone, somebody would have called him, J-boy. And he would say, come, come on, go and buy me sweets there. You guys didn't think they sent Jesus. They sent him a message like that. Too. When you are reading your Bible, read it with the light of reality. They call him. J-boy, what's wrong with you? You're too stubborn. Too stubborn. <clears throat> Why are you always playing about? You think they won't do that to Jesus? They did. I told you to go and clean your room. Where are you playing up and down? <laughs> of course, it all happened to him. But he's still a man. The Bible says how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and went about doing good. The thing that made the difference was the anointing of God upon him. So what happened at the end of the day is that when they knew him as a man too long and then the anointing came upon him, they forgot that he's now an anointed person. So they no longer saw the anointing on him. What they kept seeing was J-Boy. J-Boy. Is this not Jabal? The carpenter's son. Are you not the one I told to come and nail down my net that day? You're not telling us of kingdom, telling us of this and telling us of that. Imagine, we're all looking now like this. If we were there, we would have done the same thing. Think about the people around you that you know. Even think about your schoolmates. You went to school together and all of a sudden, you saw the guy on TV. Say, ah, Johnny. Johnny is minister. Forget. That's it. And then you go to his office and you see protocol. And they stop you there. They say, ah, Johnny, me, I won't see Johnny at a few form. How? You understand? The man has changed. Something has happened. Something has happened. He's no longer Johnny you used to know. It's a different Johnny now. There's an anointing on him for something. But when you don't recognize that, you can't receive. That's why the Bible says of Jesus, he said, when he got there, he could do no mighty works there. Because they couldn't separate J-Boy from Jesus, the anointed one. They couldn't separate it. They've known him all their life. Say, ah, is this not J-Boy? Ah, 
wrong with him? He's not quoting scriptures. What do you mean? Before your fathers we were. What are you telling us? What do you know? Before you were, when you were riding bicycle up and down, we were in the temple. What are you telling us? He said there was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. To tell everyone that, hey, there is something coming. There is a new way of life. There is a Jesus. There is an anointed one that is coming. The lace on his sandals are not worthy to untie. There is a new expression of grace coming up. And warning them that look, now that you see this thing, believe in him and you will be saved. Believe in him and you will be saved. But they didn't, they didn't hear, they didn't listen, they didn't understand. Because they knew Jesus all their life. They knew, they knew him. Uh, they knew his mother's house. They knew how, how he grew up and everything. What he did when he was young and everything. And how he played about. And all of a sudden, you are telling us that this person is the Messiah. You are telling us that he's the anointed one. Come off it. Come on. Tell us something else. Let's believe something else. Let's believe something else. The fact that he's a man does not separate him or exempt him from being used by God. Whatever God will do, he will use a man. Now that's somebody else. Now think about yourself. It's very easy for us to say to someone, ah, God is using this person. But it's much more difficult for us to ascribe to ourselves that God will use me. Why? The same principle applies because we knew that man we discredit the anointing on him because we know ourselves we discredit the anointing on ourselves me that's what happened to to david he said who am i i am the least of the least in my father's house who am i who am i and Samuel went there Bible says the Lord made told all of them to pass before him. I looked at the first one. Ah, ah, this one is well built and everything. Surely this is the Lord's anointed. He said, No. Ah, look at you now. Ah, surely this is the Lord's anointed. No. Until all of them passed through. I said, Is there no one else? He said, There is one guy. It cannot be him. Hmm. It cannot be. How many times have we said to ourselves, it cannot be me. Ah. There's a, there's a promotion coming. Ah, it cannot be me. And we begin to look at other people. The best of a man is a man. The person you are looking at that qualifies is not better than you. It's only in your eyes that the person seems to be better than you. But in himself, he's still a man. And God will use that man just as you are. Just as you are. He says, Is there anyone else? He said, ah, This one guy is insignificant. He's David. One is in the 
sheep, we just send him on an errand here and there. We just, whenever we have things to do, we just call him. J-Boy, uh, come. Take this to somewhere. But the man that God will use is still a man. It's still a man. So whenever we get in the presence of God and we're asking God for big things and great things, never disqualify yourself. Who you are is who you are. And that's all God needs to do what he wants to do. He doesn't need you to be anybody else but you. He doesn't need you to be, to be that. Why? Because it's his anointing that will come on you to do what he wants done. Paul put it very clearly. He said, when I came to you, I desired to know nothing about you. Why? Save Jesus and him crucified. I desire to know nothing about you. Why do I want to know Jesus and him crucified? It's because it's in him that you are able to do anything that you can do at all. That's why he is the controller and he's the one that governs everything. So you do well, one, to submit yourself to him and two, to see yourself as one that he can use. So there was a man sent from God and his name was John. What about John? What is it about John that qualified him to be used of God? Nothing. Nothing. There was nothing John did or did not do that qualified him. God just wanted to do something and he said, I sought for a man. I sought for a man. So apply it to your everyday life. What is it that you are doing or God is asking of you that one way or another you are discrediting yourself because you know you. Because you are aware of you. But there are certain things about you that you don't know that you have that God himself had put there that's why he said of John that this is who John is this is the fabric I have made him and because of how I have made him he's the, I've made him for that purpose so he's the right man for the job so the way you are seated there right now you are the right person for the assignment in your life that God has given you whether people know it or not does not give credence to it. No. He, the one who created you has created you for that purpose. So he's saying there is a man, there is a woman that I have sent into the city to do what I want done. The question now is does that man or woman know it? The question is does that man or is that man or woman Accepting it because you know you, because you are aware of who you are. So, before anybody even discredits you, you have discredited yourself. Ah. Before anybody even say anything, some people move locations and they say, Let me go to where nobody knows me. Why? Because maybe where you're coming from, you've messed up, and you say, Ah, if I go to this place, nobody knows me, and then you stay there. But God still knows you. And then all of a sudden, you are high up and your face is lighted up and you are happy and everything. And the moment you just see one of your schoolmates, your countenance is down. Why? Because you are aware of something. 
awareness is what I've come this morning to deal with. The awareness that the best of a man is a man. So rather than being aware of yourself, I've come to be aware of Jesus. So I have come not to know anything about you, but Jesus and him crucified. So when that becomes your awareness, so you know him more than you know yourself, God can use you. God can use you. But the moment you begin to put yourself before him, and each time he tries to use you, you be like Moses, I can't speak. God said, look, I'm not looking, if I'm looking for who can speak, I would have gone to Aaron. It's what I want to do. There's something inside of you that your ash, Katalaba, that you, the thing that you are seeing that is not making you qualify does not remove what I have put inside. So, Moses is saying, I can't speak, I can't speak. God said, look, I know you cannot speak, but there is something else that I have put that I require more that I require more than the one that you can see. So I'm submitting to you today that the limitations and the weaknesses you see is not what God is looking for. That's not what he's looking for. So Moses saw his weakness. He saw his limitation. He saw that I'm a, I'm, I'm a person that I can't speak. And that's what he saw about himself. But God still wanted to use him. The best of a man is a man. God still wanted to use him. So if Moses had said to himself that look, I don't qualify because I can't speak. God said I know that's what you can see. But what I can see is something else deep inside of you. That Aaron does not. Aaron can speak but I don't need him for that assignment. He will be your mouthpiece but what I want to do, I will do through you. The weaknesses and limitations you see say ah everybody knows this about me that is perfect very perfect that you know it and they know it is perfect because the one that God knows that he needs people don't know and they don't talk about they don't talk about it because they can't see it but all they can see is a Moses that can't speak that stammers. That's all they can see. But there's one that they cannot see that God needs. So think about your weaknesses. Think, think about your limitations. Think about the things that people know about you that seems to disqualify you or discredit you to be used of God. And then put them aside and say, God, I know this about myself, but there's something about me that I don't know that you know. That is what you need for my destiny is what you need for my destiny. So this man sends from God his name is John. And everybody knows John. And everybody knows Jesus. So J-Boy stood up one day and said God has sent me as a Messiah. Imagine how difficult it would have been for him. Imagine. We look at it, we read it, and we think that it was all just rosy and easy for Jesus. No, just imagine how difficult it would have been for him. And the first place he went to was not his hometown. He went there later. Because they all knew him. They all 
all knew him. To receive that anointing would be difficult. Would be very difficult. Would be very difficult. One of the first people, sets of people to appreciate or acknowledge your rising are those within your very immediate circle. Your family members. Yeah, wisdom. <laughs> it's no wisdom that we know. He's now commissioner. How? Because they know him. But that's what God wants. So if you stay within that circle, look at how God moved people. Say, come out of your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. Why? Because that association was necessary to detach so that you will no longer see yourself in the light of how people see you. You no longer see yourself. And then there, God began to show him. See the stars? I'll make your descendants like this. See the sand on the seashore? I'll make your descendants like this. Imagine if God was showing him that. And he went back. I'll give you another example. And he went back to his house. And he saw everybody. He said, ah, Moses. Oh, no, sorry, Abraham. Ah, you. Come on, sit down there. He keeps limiting him keeps limiting him. But God had to move him away. Think about Joseph. Ah, brothers, father, mother, I saw the stars and the moon and the sun bow before me. You. Are you telling us that we will bow, we will bow to you? What, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? But God had to move him from that space. Because if he stayed there, that vision will die. Moved him from there. And say, no, I have to take you to a place where you will nurse that vision. The thing I've put inside of you, all those limitations will still be there, but you that I want to use, I will use. So he began to see something different. And see something different. So that the plan of God, I remember I said at the beginning, he is the controller general. So that people will do things, they will do but God will use who he will use and do what he will do regardless. The issue is that most people see themselves in the light of themselves, not in the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and not in the light of who they are in Christ Jesus. So they see themselves in that light and then before anybody discredits them, they've discredited themselves. So it's difficult for God to communicate to them when God is trying to tell them this and tell them that. They say, God, you know what? Don't just bother. Look for somebody else. Why? Because I don't qualify. And that's the same thing he told Adam. Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I hid myself. Why? Because I was naked. And he said, who told you? Who told you? God, I can't speak. I'm not qualified. I don't even have a degree. So they don't give it to people who have degrees. Who told you? Yeah, God. Um, it's only people that know somebody. He said, who told you? He said, is it not obvious? Can God not see that they were naked? Did he not see their nakedness? He did, but he asked them. 
Who told you? Because I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you that. So what I don't what I did not tell you cannot stand. It will only stand if you believe it. But I didn't tell you. So who told you you don't qualify? Who told you that I can't use you in spite of all this? Who told you? Because I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you. And God in his mercy and his goodness still slaughtered a lamb or a sheep or whatever or an animal and clothed them. Why? He is the controller general. His plan will come to pass. The question is, are you the man that God will use to bring his plan to pass? That's the question. Who told you? Have you submitted yourself to his plan and to his will? Knowing that irrespective of all these things, I submit myself to be used of him. Paul puts it this way. He said, all day long, we are persecuted. All day long, we have been dealt with, left, right, and center. See, but in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Why? Because his plan will still be to use a man. He won't use an angel. No. Jesus will not come down again from heaven to do anything. No. He's done everything he needs to do. So God is saying now, are you that man? Think about the limitations you've put before him up until now. Nobody in my family has ever done this. It's still a limitation. You need to know Jesus and him crucified. You don't need to know a man. He said the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Come by your heart. That's it. So when the power of the Most High overshadows you, it's done. You don't need to know a man. Say, ah, are there no other virgins? No. He said, you have been chosen by the Lord. At that point, she said, be it unto me. <laughs> According to your will. That's all you need to say to him. Be it unto me. According to I submit to that will. If you've chosen to do this and I see all the limitations before me that disqualifies me, it's okay, Lord. It's okay, Lord. But if that's what you've chosen, who am I to say no? No. Who am I? Saul tried and did everything to kill David. The guy has been anointed king. There is nothing you can do. God has chosen him. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing. There's nothing. So there's nothing anybody can do if God has chosen you. Nothing. Nothing. You are still the person that he will use to accomplish his plan. You are still the person he will use to bring about what he wants to do. You are still that person. So there is no limitation anywhere but the ones that we make by ourselves. There's no limitations anywhere. No limitations. No limitations. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Lastly, the Bible says in Hebrews 
think it's Hebrews um, 9 or so or 10 or something. It said that we should no longer have the consciousness of sin. Hebrews 10. Stand to your feet. said for the Lord having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect for then will they not have ceased to be offered for the worshippers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. It tells me that that's where God is going. That's where he's going. The worshippers once purified should have had no more consciousness of sins. So the blood of bulls and goats could not do that. Because if they had done that, they would not have had anything to discredit them again. That's what he's saying. But he couldn't do that. So when Jesus came, he did that. Now that he has done it, he's now saying to you and I, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So we can come boldly to be used of God to do what he wants done. There is therefore now no condemnation. Why? Because he has paved the way. And we qualify because of him, not because of us. Then we can lift our hands and say, Lord, use me. To do whatever you want done. Use me. The Bible says. We, he first loved us. Not that we first loved him. No. He first loved us. It's his love. That drew us in the first place. Not the love we have for him. But the love that he has for us. That drew us. It's that love that drew us in the first place. Not the love that we have for him. But the one that he has for us. That's what drew us. And that's what kept us. And that's what will keep us continually. That's what will keep us continually. Lift your hands to him. And say, Lord, I qualify. Not because of me, but because of you. Say it out loud, Lord, I qualify. Not because of you. Not because of me. But because of you. Lift your voice to him and talk to him. To be used of him. That in this season, I will be the man that God will use to accomplish his plan. I will be the man that God will use to accomplish 
accomplish his purpose. I will be the man that God will use to do what he wants to do in this season. I will be that person. Yes, I know I have limitations. Yes, I know I make mistakes. Yes, I know I have setbacks. Yes, I know I'm aware about my the things that about myself that I feel do, do not make me qualify in the eyes of God. I'm aware, but yet Lord, not my will, but your will. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. Everybody knows him, but God still sent him. Everybody knows you. But God is sending you. He's sending you back to the places where they've discredited you. He's sending you back to the places where people have looked down on you and said nothing good can come out of you. But today, as you submit yourself to him, God is sending you back to those places. And speaking through you his plan, speaking through you his purpose. Because what qualifies you to be used of him is that his plan needs to come to pass. Lift your hands to heaven. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.